Hi there, I'm Maddie Savage. Thanks for downloading the podcast that gets under the skin of Sweden's innovative capital. The Stockholmer. It's about helping someone with a bit of zeist, you know, somebody with a bit of go to earn their first money to get started. Remember getting asked to wash a car, paint a fence or babysit for a neighbour when you were growing up? This episode is about the startup that's trying to reconnect communities by helping teenagers to score their first jobs. The Stockholmer joined its founder, Jacob Rudbeck, for a rather rainy coffee break on the city's Södermalm Island. The Stockholmer. Thanks for joining us on The Stockholmer. You've brought us to one of your favourite spots near your office where you get inspired. Tell us where you are. Yes, I'm at uh, Louis Louis, a cafe just across the street. It's a really old... Uh, sort of American diner-style place. They have the best porridge in Stockholm, I think. It's my little uh, refuge, I guess, when things get hectic in the office and I need a little place to think, I come out here. Let's talk about your company then, Yepster. Yes. In a nutshell, what is it about? So Yepster is a marketplace for ambitious youths and they can find uh, tasks in their neighborhood. So if you're a Yep, um, you uh, start seeing uh, job offers essentially that are close to you. Your rate is set depending on your age, um, but we allow some flexibility. So if you're if you're really good, you know, you get lots of high ratings, uh, then you can charge more and you can see jobs earlier. And so we make it a game, we make it fun. But why would adults want to use this site? Mm. There's a lot of other trading spots that you can go where you can find someone who's qualified, who's already got the skills, where you've got that peace of mind. Yeah. Why would you want to go trusting a teenager that you maybe haven't even met yet? No, it's a, it's a good question. So um, I think the answer goes back to my dad who <laughs> sort of, he'd call me every summer, every summer after I stopped mowing the lawn and be like, oh, Jacob, do you know any um, ambitious youths in the neighborhood or you know anyone good that uh, wants to help out? I'm like, no, Dad, but, you know, you're a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> Get a bloody company, you know, it's not that hard. I say, oh, well, you know, it's um, 480 kronas uh, plus uh, VAT, and they have to book and schedule, and, oh, it's just a hassle, you know. Uh, plus, it's not about that, he said. It's about helping someone with a bit of zeist, you know, somebody with a bit of go uh, to earn their first money to get started. And we actually find that a majority of our customers uh, do it because they feel good about it. So it was your dad that inspired you. You mentioned he's an entrepreneur as well. Yes, yeah, both my dad and my mom, actually. I've lived the whole feast and famine <laughs> cycle. I think that's what it's like in an entrepreneurial family. Um, but yeah, so I find them both really inspiring. But I think they're very good at building companies up to like 10 20 30 employees you know it's they are that typical entrepreneur you know where you're in control of everything and so i sort of tried to educate myself to become an entrepreneur that could sort of build a, an organization that could manage itself because they pretty much never have any holiday you know they're always working so that education was a previous career as a management consultant you worked here in sweden you worked in australia what do you think that has contributed to your awareness of business and your ability to become an entrepreneur? First of all, I don't think I was a very good consultant. And, and they told me I didn't get a job the first time I applied to Boston Consulting Group. Got to final interviews and they said, yeah, Jacob, you know, we really like you, you're smart, blah, 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 but 
we think you're too entrepreneurial for us. <laughs> but I sort of, I really wanted to get in there because I knew it would teach me skills that I didn't have. Like being really structured, you know, managing uh, very high-level stakeholders or, you know, understanding how the corporate world works, the legal side, all of those things. And most importantly, I think it, it so this, this is a bit tricky to explain, but it's like, I think I get discarded sort of easily as, because I look a certain way, I talk a lot. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, he talks a lot, he's a nice guy, you know, but will he really get the job done sort of thing. So by getting into BCG, by you know, getting two masters, by really uh, building my CV, I was able to say, yeah, you know, I'm not just that nice guy. Look at all the things I've done. I guess the talking helps though when you're looking for investment. One of your investors is one of Sweden's 10 richest people, it says on your website. I don't know, yeah. if, how public is that? <laughs> we just went public with it actually. And uh, that's not any old person, that's, uh, my friend and mentor, his name is Don Sten Olsson, he owns the Stena Sphere. I actually met him mowing the lawns when I was 14. Uh, and uh, we spoke over the fence, and then uh, when I was 16 I felt courageous enough, so I walked up to his door and knocked it and said, Hey Don, I was hoping you could teach me everything you know. Maybe I can come with you to work or something. And he said, well, I don't know if I can have a little 16-year-old boy at my board meetings. And then I got a bit pissed off, so I was like, well, you know, what, what can you do for me? And he said, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe we could meet once every two months and take a walk and discuss about what you're thinking about. And so we've done that since then, so pretty much for 15 years. I probably <laughs> showed 20 business ideas for him. He's never invested in anything. But this one, I think, it took eight minutes. Well, I guess he'd already met a young entrepreneur and, and that was you. And so he kind of knew part of the story. But not everyone has that kind of confidence at 16. Which teenagers are you trying to attract for the app? Do you feel that the fact it's, it's an online platform means that some of them might get out there in a way that they would if they didn't have the courage to knock on someone's door? Absolutely. Um, I think that's our, that's our dream. That's where we want to get to. Because uh, out of the probably thousand teenagers I've met now, if not more. Um, I'd say 20% are super driven, super ambitious. They probably got a lot of it from their parents. Or we find that a lot of migrants or immigrants have come, they are super hardworking and very passionate. Uh, then there's the sort of the majority that are just, they just need a little bit of guiding, you know, or, a, a, or a, it, and that gives me the most uh, pleasure, it's the most fun when you see one of them succeed. How do you guarantee safety both for the teenagers and for the people using the app? Yeah, so that's number one. Our vision is to become the most trusted marketplace in the world for these types of tasks. If you look at our website, there's six different things that we do, verifying that you are who you say you are. Working with really good social networks you can tap in to see that Oh, you have three contacts in common or you met this person through X or, uh, and those are extremely important only connecting people that live really close to each other is also seen as a safety aspect because there's a higher chance that you know the person and it's easier to to go there and come back etc uh, we have a uh, service line that you always can call we update the parents continuously they know exactly where you are or what you're doing so 
there's a raft of things we're doing. And yes, our vision is to become the, the best in the world at this. What do you think the fact that your app is taking off tells us about community and society? I mean, all of this is about scaling what used to be knocking on people's doors and doing odd jobs. And of course, these days we all kind of hide behind technology. But I mean, specifically in Sweden, Swedes do have a reputation for keeping themselves to themselves a little bit, being very individualistic. Was that a factor in motivating you to come up with the idea? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you ask really good questions. I'm a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's exactly that. You know, like, people want to know their neighbors. People want to get back to that where you help each other and you're a community and you collaborate. And so there's definitely a lot of that. And that's why we have these sort of community um, initiatives where we only open an area if there's sufficient people there. Um, because word of mouth for us is everything. And in the future, I'm telling you lots of secrets now, uh, but in the future we'll have um, uh, you know, competitions or we'll be celebrating in areas that do really well. So we'll throw a, like a street party or stuff. So yes, I do think there's a, a want and a need for people to get back together again and, and meet their neighbors. Uh, and it's fantastic that these kinds of platforms can help out with that. What would you say the biggest challenge is for you right now? I mean, you're getting a lot of coverage, you've come up with an idea that a lot of people are supporting. There's lots of rain coming down on us, by the way, in case people are wondering what that noise is. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest challenge will always be finding, motivating the right people, I think. So the other aspect of that is also getting rid of not the right people, which is often something that people don't talk about. But that's... <laughs> that's a, difficult part of the game but yeah so that's hard in Sweden employment law yeah. is very tight it's very difficult super hard and um, but I think it's easier in startups because it's such a close thing so it's like a relationship <laughs> you know both parties sort of know if it's not really working um, but yeah it's super tough but now when we are you know we got product market fit and we're starting to grow and then it's uh, we know what kind of people we need more and where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? You've talked about the company growing. Is Yepster just the start, or is it your vision to, to be Yepster and for it to be your life for, for in the coming years? You know what? I don't know. Like, um, I, I have one dream, and that is to have a life where either I spend nine months in Sweden every year and three months in Australia during the worst months, <laughs> Or the other way around. So that's my dream. And I'd also like to give that to the team at Yepster. Uh, that you can work from anywhere in the world. You know, as, as long as you get your job done and, and we see you, you know, and we're still a team, then yeah, you can work from the North Pole if you want to. What is the biggest tip that you've learnt from working with teenagers? Just their positive outlook on life and this everything is possible mentality yeah they they really know how to go for something passionately if they see something they believe in they'll they're just they're there it's the best job in the world because you're working with the, yeah some of the most passionate ambitious people you've been listening to the stockholmer an independent production by maddie savage with support for this season's episodes by Capital and My News Desk. 
Special thanks to our communications team, Hype United, Benoit Derriere for sound assistance, Simeon Ghost for sharing their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. Thank you.